Welcome to the Dr. Funk Podcast. On this episode, we discuss the passing of singer Chris Cornell, the release of the second song off of the Purple Rain Deluxe Edition, the upcoming Billboard Awards show, and other Prince news. And now, a special song from a special musician. to the dark. 
that you planted, mama In your backyard All died when you went away And I know living with me, baby Is sometimes hard But I'm willing to give it another try powerful welcome everyone to the dr funk podcast thank you guys so much for subscribing to us on itunes and stitcher telling your friends about us uh that was chris cornell who just passed away this week at the age of 52 years old after doing a show in detroit was found in his hotel room uh that was him covering prince his version of Nothing Compares to You in 2015. How's it going, Chris? Hey, Doc. Yeah, um, kind of a somber start to the week, huh? Start to this week's episode. Yeah, we're going to get people through it, though. It got everyone by surprise when it hit the wire. Um, I immediately had to verify it with people that I know and whatnot because... At the time it happened, and then they're saying it happened late Wednesday night, and it was already it was already probably around two, three in the morning on the East Coast in Detroit, where he literally just performed hours before. So I was very careful and cautious uh, before I posted, and there were some people with the nose, it can't be, and but um, unfortunately, it was. Um, Chris was one of the heroes of grunge music that kind of killed the glam rock stars of the 80s early 90s of poison and a little bit of motley crew for a little bit uh so you know and they they hit with the single soundtrack and a few other things uh just black hole sun was obviously their biggest hit but you know and then he had he had another second career with audio slave you know they were around for a little bit they got their major support i believe through the single soundtrack that's where they got their most exposure but they did have an album before that that was quite successful as well but they blew up and he was the face of grunge then out of seattle then you had pearl jam you know uh so i just felt that we'd be remiss if we didn't mention him you know we mentioned george michael and other uh, musical superstars that passed away and he was one of the leaders of grunge music, you know, so he played an important part in music and changing stuff, especially in the 90s when it came to rock music. Absolutely. Now, <clears throat> I wonder, and at least there won't be, a, you know, what happened last year, because we have the Billboard Music Awards this Sunday. We know last year 
the entire award ceremony was will she or won't she mess up the tribute to Prince? And interesting oh. enough, she did nothing compares to you as well. We're talking of Madonna and just how that it was a pulverizing performance in the sense is that is all anyone ever talked about. BET immediately put an ad up saying, yeah, we saw that. We got you, Prince fans, for their ceremony. So I don't know if they're even going to have someone perform yet for Chris Cornell. I'm sure they'll put up his image on the screen. Now, you're bringing up something interesting when we talked about it before we went on air about the Billboard Music Awards. Is Prince going to be getting any? Because he outsold Adele. He was the top selling artist of 2016. But that was right. his catalog, you know. <clears throat> That's the Purple Rain, uh, the hits, even phase two, like all of his catalog combined sold more than Adele and her last album. So unless they put out some sort of special acknowledgement for it, since it's catalog sales, I don't think he is going to get an award. <clears throat> but there were multiple times throughout the year last year, especially after April 21st, 2016, that he was number one on the Billboard charts with the Purple Rain set and with the hits package as well. So it was interesting that you brought it up. I wasn't exactly thinking about that. Yeah. Uh, I watched the MTV Movie and TV Awards uh, this week, and that was uh -huh. painful. I usually watch shows when they happen, but that one... Adam Devine, who I think is quite talented, is not that great of a host. But then again, in years past, when they had Rebel Wilson do it, I wasn't that impressed either. Um, and I just felt that they couldn't attract enough people that they just give awards to, you know. Like the MTV Movie Awards, now the Movie and TV Awards, if you show up, you win, you know. It's one of those award shows. So I don't think they could attract stars. So that's why I think they added TV and they had like Stranger Things win something and This Is Us. That they had something else that just showed to me that they were trying to make a big deal about it. But again, to me, it's because they didn't have the star power. They had gender neutral awards. So it was best yeah. actor, but it was best. It had male and females. And right. of course, they made sure the first person that won was... Emma Watson of the Harry Potter fame. She won for Beauty and the Beast. And they were only nominated for one. They only won one other award, but it was at the end of the night where they won Best Movie. So I thought that was interesting that they got the first award and then she had this whole speech prepared of like how she was the first ever actress to get the gender neutral award and how important it is. And I went... Yeah, enjoy it while you can, Emma. Because in two years, when they can get star power back, they'll be having separate categories again. That was all just a ploy because they did not get that celebrity impact that they wanted to have. And the two musical... Huh? Go ahead. The Rock to show up. No, The Rock didn't show up. You had Vin Diesel. But like Vin and The Rock are getting along now, but it's kind of like A-Rod and Jeter to right. where they're not friends. 
So it's like, why pretend they do a movie together and it's a very successful franchise. Vin was in the first one, so it's basically his baby. And he brought out his family, which was Jordana Brewster, Michelle Rodriguez, and Tyrese Gibson. No Rock, because The Rock is on the level with Vin Diesel. And can I just say again how lucky Vin Diesel is He's the luckiest man in Hollywood. I don't know how much money he's making for Guardians of the Galaxy, but for him to just say, I am Groot over and over again, uh, that's a lot of cheddar that he's getting. He's the voice of Groot? I did not know that. Yeah. Oh, my God. On both of them. And just, I'm sure it's like one day's worth of work. I'm sure it's more than that. I'm being sarcastic, Vin. But how much money he's getting. And then you got Bradley Cooper playing the freaking raccoon. And you only tell, like, unless you're told at the beginning of the movie, you won't even recognize that that's Bradley's voice, you know. Uh, But again, Vin working along with another wrestler, Dave Bautista in the Guardians of the Galaxy, just like with The Rock, The Fast and the Furious. But yeah. The Rock wasn't mentioned. He was shown in the highlight clips. Obviously, they made sure to show more of Paul Walker again, letting us know that he is still no longer with us. Another devastating uh, young person gone too soon. But that award show was just so maniacal. I don't know. And I'm sure in years past when he became the 20th anniversary of Purple Rain and the 25th, I'm sure that MTV was trying to get him for their movie awards when I'm speaking of Prince uh, was trying to get him and he just wouldn't do the show, (laughs) you know? And although Prince had that famous thing before Kanye went Kanye, Prince went Prince (laughs) in 1990 with Rolling Stone that he said from now on, I'm only doing award shows if I'm performing or I know I'm going to win. Because I will not sit in an audience for three hours again and have you two beat me when I can do any song on Joshua Tree. Let's see him do Housequake. So, True. So very, very Kanye esque comments, right? Uh, for sure. Uh, but ahead of his time, and he was right. I mean, he he didn't show up for the MTV Video Music Awards later that year, where he won four awards for "You Got the Look." Then he did show up for the MTV Video Music Awards in 1991, the infamous butt-out pants, the peekaboo outfit. And then he won two awards the following year for Cream, didn't show up. And uh, he did present, uh, introduced to TLC in 1999, but he was very much absent from the MTV Video Music Awards. Same with Madonna or Bowie, unless there was some special thing going down for them, you know, uh, it just, I don't know. Award shows just aren't the same without Prince being there anymore, but I kind of like enjoy stuff, but big Sean performed. And then Miley Cyrus's sister, I'm sorry. I remember her full name right now, but I know that these performances are going to happen on the billboard music awards. So I kind of forwarded it. You know, that was the interesting thing about the Grammys, American Music Awards, when the American Music Awards used to air in January back in the day and the Grammys were late February, is that aside from special circumstances, you were not allowed. If you did, if you perform the American Music Awards, you couldn't perform on the Grammys. 
Right. And I kind of, there's something that was a little bit diggish of that, but I kind of liked it because now what you have with every single award show is you're just going to have Big Sean and the same artist doing the same songs with a different set, but it's the same damn performance. And that's yeah. what I really appreciated about Prince is that at the American Music Awards, for instance, you got him performing a very uh, amazing long performance of Purple Rain. Then less than a month later, you had him doing this all-out performance of Baby, I'm a Star, him going to the crowd. And he would constantly try to do different things of that. Like he wouldn't perform the singles that you expected. Like when Batman was hella huge and he did the Silent Live anniversary special, everyone was expecting, well, Party Man is the latest single. That's usually what artists do is they'll perform that single. He did Electric Chair, which was amazing. And then even when Black Sweat was just released as a single, he did an unknown song named Fury and Beautiful, Loved, and Blessed with Tamar Davis and just killed it, you know? Yeah. Uh, you just don't have those artists anymore right now, and I'm looking for who's going to step up, you know? I mean, there's 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 talent, but it isn't on the level of Prince. And I think that as incredibly talented as Bruno Mars is, and he is, um, but taking so many years between albums and the tours, um, I think because there isn't someone like a Prince around, Bruno has been kind of anointed that next legend. And Bruno is amazing. I love him a lot. Let's let Bruno be Bruno and not give him that extra added pressure of having to be the next Prince. But I would like to see others step up aside from Bruno. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think that there's anyone out there right now? I know that they may not be able to touch Prince, but might be one day in the conversation or not at all. Well, the only person that really comes to mind is Bruno Mars to me. Uh, other than that, I really can't think of anybody. That's so much pressure. Yeah. So much yeah. pressure for him. And Bruno's doing amazing. I mean, he's had hit after hit after hit album. And these phenomenal yep. tours, he's been on more Super Bowls than anyone else. And even though the What's, Super Bowl, huh? I was just going to say, what was the one thing that he has in common with Prince? Both amazing live performers. So yes. that's something. So when, uh, is someone going to give Bruno, because uh, I've seen him act on Saturday Night Live, it isn't bad. Is Bruno yeah. going to try to get the movie career going and get that Oscar? There he could. Go. See? Now, I just think it's just a lot of pressure. But Bruno is amazingly talented. Um, but he didn't have the work ethic that Prince did, the work ethic that Prince did. But he's no longer around. So that does, I mean, before Prince, it was James Brown. Uh, right. You know, but even Sinbad would say that no disrespect to James Brown, but Prince is the hardest working man in show business. And see... Prince would kind of try to look like it was luck, you know, like, oh, da, 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 not, not so much hard work than into it. And I kind of feel, and Owen Huntsey, I believe, said the same thing that, you know, that kind of did him a disservice because he just wanted to look like he lucked into sounds or creating stuff, and that's not true. It's kind of like, you know, with what I went through with my website and other stuff, I always tried to make it look easier than it is and i think some people thought i got lucky for that because i really don't want to be like 
putting into faces, but you, you into people's faces, you got to make connections. You got to do these other things. And it just comes off as arrogance. If you try to throw that around. So I'd rather just, I'd rather have had people just think I'm lucky. And I lucked into it when that wasn't the case at all, but it just made things easier. So I understand where he's coming from. You know, Prince has a lot of arrogance to him at the same time. He wasn't trying to be in your face about everything that he did, you know? Right. Did you see um, the thing that Paisley Park posted on their official Facebook? Um, they had an article that was posted on April 25th, 1987 from John Bream, um, basically showing the atrium being built before the kitchen doors were being installed and other stuff. Yeah, uh, pretty cool. Yeah. And the whole quote from it, he built it as a production tool for himself and as a tool for the whole city and the whole area. Um, the first general manager of Paisley Park, Richard Hawkeye Henriksen, he wanted to add something back to the area. And the photo credit is from Brian Peterson. Interesting enough, I'm sure you saw that Paisley Park is now looking for a new general manager. So, hey, maybe while you're out there in a few weeks, because I'm not applying for it. I have to drop off an application when I'm in there, right? Yeah. I I like Mitch. I like the guys in there. I don't know if that's something that he would want to do. I just kind of hope that he is training the new tour guys that they're going to have. Did you see, um, like, the Paisley Park After Dark is so only going to be on Saturdays now. And until at least October, they're only going to be with the DJ spinning. They're not going to be showing any movies. Right, I saw that. Yeah, kind of bummed, but okay, it's still going to be fun. Because when you booked, you thought you were getting, you might get some of the movies and the videos, correct? Yeah, I think originally they stated that starting in April, they were going to combine the Friday and Saturday night. So you'd get a little bit of a DJ, and then they'd show something like a concert film or something. So I can see that's a lot to do every single week. So I don't mind them. I'm I'm glad that we're doing a DJ. At least we get something and not just right. canceling the after dark. Yeah. And but you're taking multiple tours while you're there, right? As of now I only have one booked. I think I'm only gonna do one. Right. And VIP tour again Saturday. That's cool. Now, did you see this week, Ellie Weekly had an article with Andre Simone in it, but there were like facts in there that his wife had to like correct for them, like the first group he was in and the A&R meetings? Oof, no. Yeah, though. Yeah, um, with the Ellie Weekly, it's just there was just some stuff in it that was not accurate. And they just had to do it. They got what he needed with his new album in 1969. But with some some facts with the Prince history, it was a little bit off. We should probably get Andre on our show with microphones working and everything and have him explain it without someone having to write it down. It can just be his voice and him get what he needs to say on. That's right. And how much... Because it's getting closer now. We're almost a little... We're a little bit more than a month away till the revolution coming to LA. And I'm sure you've been seeing the tour and everything going on with it. Are you starting to get yep. a little bit more excited as it gets closer? Very excited. 
not to listen to reviews want to get ruined but um happy right <clears throat> now another thing that we saw this week but uh i don't think it's being given to any of prince's charities but for the low low price sarcasm here i'm just glad it wasn't a cowboys quarterback that did this uh the carolina panthers cam newton like when he played the Minnesota Vikings last year, he wore these special cleats that kind of had like Paisley emblems on it as a tribute to Prince. They are yes. selling those shoes now for $169 and 99 cents. Uh, but that's a pretty good price to me for cleats, especially when you have uh, probably a future Laker shell- selling his no name brand shoes for $499. <sighs> Magic, yeah. Can you talk to that dad? Can you like put him to the side, have a little conversation with him, and all of a sudden he gets laryngitis for the rest of his son's career? Don't think it's possible. Look, Shaq, Shaq's dad was an outspoken person, but not like that. No. Kobe, Kobe's father was outspoken more so about who he was dating or going to marry more so than what he played. But this is a guy just that has turned into this media thing and it's just so funny because the commentators and host of these sports shows really do not like the guy but they continue to keep putting him on geez i hope they never do that with like the presidential candidate then we all get screwed oh <laughs> whoops oh Loinks. another thing that happened that we can talk about that kind of happened like right after we recorded last week's episode and really didn't get the exposure and the attention yeah. that electric intercourse got was yeah. that last week. Warners, if you pre-ordered purple rain through iTunes, I don't know. That's something with a physical copy, especially when it comes to remasters Our destiny and roadhouse garden. Um, now, someone's trying to correct me on this. It was recorded live at First Avenue in Minneapolis on Prince's 26th birthday, June 7th, 1984. Then they did redo it in the studio. So there's a little bit of the live, and there's a little bit of the studio. And, oh, really? Um, Our Destiny is mostly sung by Lisa, and then Roadhouse Garden is sung by Prince. But you kind of hear the sound quality differences in that, don't you? For sure, yeah. Well, and that was one of the questions I had was, who's singing lead on the beginning of Our Destiny? Because Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, okay, is that Wendy? Mm -hmm. It almost sounds like could be Apollonia or Vanity or even Jill Jones. So you're saying it's Lisa Coleman. Yes. What else has she sang on? I can't think of many tracks that she's sang on. She most famous is for a couple things. Um kind of like especially live during the DMSR, that's her scream. But towards the end of the original studio track of Somebody Help Me, Please Help Me, that's Jamie Lee Curtis from Halloween. Uh, But she's done a lot of background stuff, especially more so on the parade era, quality stuff that's out, including rehearsals, which is kind of like what Our Destiny slash Roadhouse Garden was before, was rehearsal and then the live version of the birthday show existing. But Lisa had a lot but, of input, you know. Yeah, she hasn't. Really, that was released, right? 
Not so much. I mean, like, then a lot of people were trying to say during Planet Earth that it was Wendy and Lisa that was, like, backing him up on the one you want to see in a few other tracks. And it was actually the twins, uh, Maya and Nandy McLean. Lisa was more of a creator of sorts than, say, a lead singer. I mean, albeit with 1999, you had Jill and Lisa do the beginning of stuff. Then you had Dez. Then you had Prince going to vocals where he did that three to four part harmony, which was kind of like his tribute to Sly and the Family Stone of the way of the recording process. Um, But Lisa played a more significant part on the creation of songs such as Raspberry Beret, where Prince was the writer of the song, but she came up with a piano medley to it of how it got created one day from what Prince said is that she was just playing that one rhythm over and over again, and they incorporated around it. But she basically came up with the piano riff that you hear at Raspberry Beret that ends up being in each each time the chorus kicks in a bit. So, but she cool. she would play a different important part of that. And of course, as you saw in some streaming services, it some were credited Prince and the Revolution, and some were just credited to Prince. Although that's Clearly not his voice singing our destiny, but that is Lisa Coleman, uh, the revolution singing that. And I just love that song or songs, if you want to call them, if it's kind of like two songs combined. I love Roadhouse Garden. What a great compliment, too, because our destiny is kind of this ethereal kind of song. And then, man, Roadhouse Garden kicks in. Oh, what a great track. And I love the new little extra new beginning that they added that hadn't been on any other rehearsals. What did they add in the beginning? The string. Right. Now I'm very interested to see who that's going to be credited to. Uh, If it's going to be Claire Fisher or someone else. Uh, See, my whole problem, like with the sound of stuff is Prince would hit the tapes hard. It wouldn't be about having it clean as we're seeing with electric intercourse. It was cleaned up a lot. So maybe we're not getting that power. Because it's just interesting to me that the rehearsal versions of Electric Intercourse that are circulating, he's so, and I'm just going to use this as an example, guys are doing podcasts, you should not be doing this, but when it would go into the part, don't you want to make love, and then Prince would pound on the piano, sweet love, you don't hear that in Electric Intercourse release version, and I wonder if it's, uh, they were just, just like the song, you know. <laughs> just doing stuff i get calls at all times. it's, it's all sorry good. about that guys but um i love the fact that the strings that that was from something that eventually was released yes of our destiny right and we're gonna that's, see our, that's our dr funk trivia question for the night well they'll get into i i do think it's very interesting and i'm sure the revolution knew what was up and that's why I know that I really don't want to spoil stuff for you, but if you're a fan of that song, you should definitely be seeing the revolution live as they tour is all I'll say with that without giving even more of a spoiler away and seeing how it sounds live when they do it. Um, what's another interesting thing is, is through the music club um, when it first originated and started, there's a track entitled splash which was yeah. recorded as Prince of the Revolution. That was supposed to be on the Roadhouse Garden album. Now, 
are we ever going to get a Roadhouse Garden album separate from what is now going to be on the Purple Rain remaster? What do you Wouldn't think that be- of that? Should we or what? Oh, for sure, because you've got so many tracks like Train and like you said, Splash. There's so many songs that we've heard that definitely deserve to see the light of day because they're very cohesive. I think they fit perfect. Yeah. Now, is there any other Revolution tracks? I mean, what else are you looking forward to on the Purple Rain Remaster? Is it We, we Can Fuck? Because <laughs> that's what it is. is there any, or is, there, is it that one or is there others that you're looking forward to? No, I'm looking forward to the stuff that I've before. There's a few tracks of the names I hear about, so I can't wait to hear the songs. Okay. I guess I'm waiting for judgment until everything comes out. I'm sure that before it comes out, I'll hear everything, but I'm waiting. Um... I'm just, I guess I'm waiting like everyone else, but I'm, I, I like listening to albums completely. We'll be looking forward to this, but I'm sure before it gets officially released and we have it in our hands that we'll find another way to have it. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. But I'm really excited that the, the day that that comes out is the night that the revolution was playing in LA. So it kind of worked out really nicely for us, didn't it? Interesting. And it wasn't originally how it was planned. It was supposed to be June 9th. Then, yeah, it got pushed back. Yeah, and then I said it was getting pushed back. Then we had our friend Clay hitting me up. Is it going to get pushed back? And I go, yeah. And he's like, I can't believe it. I'm like, believe it, dude. It's getting pushed back. So It happens. Yeah. That's how it happens. That how that's it goes. Right. That is how it goes down. And we still don't have any resolution with the Universal Music Group wanting to give their contract back for the vault and other tracks, but that is what's going on now. It's playing out in court. It's interesting that Troy Carter uh, did, did an interview, a Q&A, and Spotify was the lead discussion of it, how they want to start breaking artists and getting behind artists and helping them being discovered, but he did not want to talk about Prince and the estate in his role. And I guess it's kind of like a good thing, especially when it was being for Spotify and not for the Prince estate. He didn't want to show anything, but I'm sure we'd all would love to hear more. And especially with what's going on in universal, you know, I'm really trying to stay out of things, but it just seems like, you know, Bremer trust made these deals with Londell McMillan and uh, Charles Koppelman. And now Comerica is dissing themselves from the deals that Bremer trusted. And then you got Londell defending himself on Twitter and putting other things out there. And we're just going to let it play out and see where things go. Because it just seems right now that everyone's trying to get blamed for the estate not succeeding. And uh, that's a problem to me, at least, you know. Yeah. So other than that, it was really a slow week, in my opinion, in the Prince world, but it just means to me that it's going to start going up. There's a lot of stuff filed in court, a lot, a lot of notes to appeals, 
but there's been no major thing. I think we did discuss last week that one of the things that came across at the court was some guy from Chicago trying to claim that he wrote Purple Rain, and they immediately discussed uh, that. But that's the crap that they're dealing with, and the family wants to freaking be noticed as the sole heirs to everything because then they have to wait a year because you're still going to be having these crazy people that are saying, oh, yeah, I hooked up with Prince at so-and-so, and us Prince historians were like, wait, he wasn't there then. Like, there'll be someone from Australia. Oh, yeah, I hooked up with him in 78, and Prince's first trip to Australia wasn't until 1993. So, <laughs> you know, well, 1991, excuse me, but you know what I mean? Just uh, with the Dimes and Pearls tour. It's just so interesting to me. You know, and that's what they have to deal with. And us as fans, we're so frustrated. And they need to stop with this stuff. Like Prince was able to do this whole thing, like, oh, I have a surprise coming for you and all these other things. But we're being told by more than one people that there's a surprise in the works. And what people want is new music. And that's why I think Deliverance was um, most mostly accepted in the Prince fan community. Uh, even though it was done the wrong way, but people really wanted new music from him and they weren't getting it because the estate needs to have every, all their ducks in a row. So when you're hearing about there's going to be surprises and Londella saying there's going to be another tribute concert, like the fans are just like, they understand that they're being seen and this is how it is because we're, we're going to have to buy a purple rain three times over the next seven years because they're going to keep repackaging it differently. They basically see Prince fans right now with money in their hands waiting right. to spend. And they're like, well, if Warners isn't going to get it or the or Paisley isn't going to get it, then we're going to get it. But um, I do think that they will be having new merch at Paisley. They've been more active social media style since the celebration. So I think those things will be happening. Um, I just curious about the promotion for Warner brothers, because it really seems that they have attacked digitally, but they haven't attacked physically yet. We're not. And maybe, you know, we're maybe a three weeks too soon for that, but you'd be expecting to see billboards all over town. Kind of like what happened with New York and the Spotify announcement, not really so much here in LA. And even with Twitter, with the Prince forever hashtags going around, December last year. We haven't really had too much promotion. And I'm going to be really surprised that when Purple Rain is released, that it isn't put back into major cities, uh, into the movie theaters. Because I thought you're missing out on money. You have these fans with money in their hands. And I'm telling you, like, once a year, we'd see Purple Rain, the big screen out here before all this you know yeah. unfortunately last year one of the cherry moon the print was playing in a movie theater i couldn't make it um which was quite frustrating because that's something i've always wanted to do is see an actual print of under the cherry moon on a screen and i wasn't able to make it but here we are money in hands and they're not giving it to us now chris with money in your hands what do you want to see? Do you want to see more new merch at Paisley? What are things that you'd like to see that you, that money in your hands that you have 
Um, aside from people that want to make donations to the podcast, by the way, to help keep us going. Cheap plug. Sorry about that. Now, <laughs> what would you like to see, Chris? Well, and I know I'm not the only one, but I'm pretty much I'll buy any and everything that's available. So they really are leaving a lot of money on the table. When I go back to Paisley Park, there's some things that I haven't bought that I want to buy. That's how bad it is. So if they have new merch, yeah, it's going to get sold. Uh, if they put new t-shirts out, new t-shirts out, I'm going to buy them. If they put an around the world in a day shirt out at Hot Topic, I'm going to buy it. So there's a there's a real big demand out there for from fans. So if they put it out, it's going to get bought. Anything. Doesn't and, matter what it is. And we did see that there is one Purple Rain um, t-shirt at Hot Topic. There now is two at Kohl's, one that just has the Purple Rain image, but it says Prince instead of Purple Rain. Then they have one that just has weird. a symbol. Yeah. Now, what do you think <laughs> the Rompers trend or romp, romp him's trend? Should they have <laughs> special Prince clothes for that trend? Because... Let, let's be real here. People want to talk about rompers and rompims. Prince was wearing that on a Love Sexy tour, right? That little thing looked like a skirt with the leggings. That was kind yeah, of a romper rompims outfit. Well, if anyone's going to start that trend, you know our buddy Bobby's going to already be doing it because he was wearing a onesie with Prince all over it in September. Uh-huh. I think he started it. Cam Newton... At, well, at least with the short version of these rompers, he wore it to Coachella, and that's what kind of said, oh, hey. You oh, know, Lord. Just because it looked good on Cam, and Cam's were a little bit longer to the knees. Some of these are to where I wouldn't feel comfortable with how low they are because <laughs> some stuff's going to be hanging out, and y'all don't need to say you get enough of there's a reason why Dr. Funk is heard, not seen. So you, there's certain things you just do not need to see in this lifetime. Uh, me and those yeah. outfits <laughs> and gray sweatpants. You don't need to see. Uh, but that's that's how it goes. <laughs> you guys should see Chris's face right now. It's just like, wow, here comes Doc again with the TMI podcast. <laughs> My mic. <laughs> hey. At least, at least you didn't choke in your mouth a little bit this time. So we're doing better. Oh, there you go. There you go. Oh, now, I'm now, going back to the merchandise and other things. It's yep. interesting because Electric Fetus, they had special merch that was approved by the estate. They had these Recosto 2016 purple t-shirts, and it has a print symbol in the back. They had Very hoodies cool. that said the same thing. They had... A long sleeve shirt that said MPLS on the side, kind of like what I did as my old tribute. Where a few years ago I started making Doctor Funkenberry hoodies that have the name on the side of different hoodies that I have. So they did that where it says MPL Minneapolis on the side, mm-hmm. and it has the MPLS uh, cover from his Lotus Flower album. So they have a lot of items at electric fetus i don't know how well in stock it is but it should be maybe another trip that you guys have in mind when you're going over there is to hit up electric fetus oh yeah for sure and when we went back in march that was definitely on the uh on the rotation and i 
spent a lot of money there because they had the Paisley Park uh, jigsaw puzzle. They had the posters. Yeah. They had all these really cool different items that they didn't have at Paisley. I may have to hit you up for that. I keep forgetting about the dang puzzle. And if we right. have a rainy season like we did last year, I would like to do that with someone and, and create that puzzle. That'd be kind of a cool yeah. way to spend some time. Uh, oh, not easy. I'll tell you that right now because uh, my girl still has hers in pieces on her table and it's been over a month that she's been working on it. So you can have a nice long time putting that together. I think that could be a good thing. Yeah. Unless fun. you're trying to finish it and like, you know, you're trying to get something to eat or trying to do an extracurricular activity and you can't get past the damn puzzle, then that'd yep. be a little bit frustrating. So I understand right. that. But it looks like you're going to be going at a good good time to where there might be more merch. That's what we're hearing. Um, but I'd like okay. to see more stuff at Hot Topic, more stuff at Target. Um, because, again, we have money in our hands that we're willing to go spend to go see the Revolution perform, to go see Princess perform, to go see these other acts that are real music by real musicians. Andy Allo is going to be playing the Mint again on June 2nd, I believe. And, yep. you know, when Adrian comes to town or Marcus or BK Jackson or any of these artists that worked with Prince, right now you got Shelby in Australia giving them some love. Uh, this and you know they're coming to town soon. Party Judith is performing Monday night. Oh, that's right. You're going? Yeah, I'm going to go. Okay. We'll see if I join you. <laughs> we'll see. It's at the Troubadours. We'll see what's up. But I have a few other events going on next week. But we'll we'll see what's in the cards and what's meant to be. But at least you'll be there. You'll be able to share your experiences with the podcast. Absolutely. So, now... Uh, can't wait for that purple rain but i really i'm conflicted because there's some people that just love the old stuff i love everything like when people say like you know funk what's your favorite era you know of course i have like a deep appreciation for the 90s material that a lot of people don't have because uh, that's when i first saw him in concert uh, which started off with the hundreds of times that I was able to see him afterwards all started in 1993 with the Act 1 tour. But when people ask, like, what my favorite era is, you know, aside from that time in the 90s, I'm like 78 through now, you know, till forever. You know, some people are like, oh, that's my era. You have something that I want. I'm like, yeah, dude, I don't play that. You know, there are certain things I'm partial to, but it isn't like I ignored the other music. Like, when I Want to Be Your Lover comes on, whether it's a live version on piano or just a studio, it just makes me smile. It makes me happy. You know, one of my all-time faves, I love Seven and that vibe. I know that isn't people's favorites. Usually people choose Adore or The Most Beautiful Girl in the World or Scandalous. Like, I love all those songs, but there's just certain things that were different to me. Obviously, one of my favorite slow jams is Pink Cashmere you know, which was recorded in 88, but released in 93. And that's when I first was able to experience it. So I have memories associated with that. Um, when that CD single came out before the hits of Pink Cashmere, um, I don't know if I had deaf neighbors like I do now, 
like pink cashmere would just play over and over the entire night and that's how i would just sleep and just dream of things and envision stuff for when paul's writing um do you have a particular era i know that you're kind of partial somewhat to sometimes some love sexy stuff but like what is it everything or is there just one kind of like with me where the 90s stick out a little bit more? I mean, because... Yeah. The 80s is when I first saw him, but it was the 90s that I really became a fan of his live music. Mm-hmm. So um, the 90s definitely for me. I love the Gold Experience era. Mm-hmm. I just think that was his second rebirth of his creativity. There was so much that he did in, the, in those early to mid-90s that just... Mm-hmm blew my mind and just seeing him in a small club environment for the first time in the nineties during all of the come and the gold experience time, it blew my mind and it's still, it's, it's my favorite. It's my favorite. 92 through 95. We're getting those controversy magazines. You're getting the uptowns, getting all this different stuff. You go into these record stores, uh, music, uh, music mayhem, and then Aaron's records and Santa Monica And then you're finding all this stuff that you just didn't know was out there. And it was just ridiculous and amazing, you know, from the undertaker to the beautiful experience movie, all these amazing things. And another era that I'm somewhat partial to just because, um, I had a lot of access then, but a lot of people don't know about it is just what was going on between 2005 through 2011 with all the private shows at his house and just these other things. I mean, the 3121 era had a big resurgence from him, brought him back to the charts after the successful, mega successful musicology tour. So you have that in the mix when it comes to 2004. But then you have tracks such as Deliverance, and there's so much more material through 2005 through 2007 that is in that 3121 era vibe that we just don't know of that is going to be explosive. Um, and then those things that took place during it from uh, the respect that he was getting after the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame appearance of Wow, My, My, My Guitar Gently Weeps to his now what is where you judge Super Bowl performances. Yeah. Super Bowl performance and just the deep appreciation that he had in his later years. So there's just so much going on. So it's like, it's hard for me to pick. I, I have to give a little bit of a slight edge to the nineties, but literally 78 through everything is what I enjoyed. And it was what I covered. And I just, have so much a deep appreciation for it. And I know that everyone else does. And we're sitting here. We want that 3121 movie as bad as it was. We want that second coming movie, you know, uh, give us these videos that we just don't know, like walk, don't walk, which was directed by Lisa Bonet, you know, or just some other things like what we're seeing where we didn't even know videos existed of the one you want to see. There's so yep. much out there we just don't know of. And I guess as much as people are looking forward to studio stuff and live recordings, I can't wait for like an all-inclusive. And maybe they might have to have different volumes, but I really would love an all-inclusive video collection set. Ooh, um, yeah. And I'm talking about everything. I'm talking about everything. I'm talking about that I want to be your lover with the band, with him wearing those blue shorts uh, that – when he kicks a little bit, you kind of see the outline of some stuff, and that's not my bag, baby. Um, to 
that long version of I Would Die For You slash Baby I'm A Star that was played on MTV and is sometimes played during the Prince tributes this year on 421. I want I want the P control video. I want sexy MFN edited. I want that uh, porno mix that was only played on the Playboy channel that had, yeah, a bunch of breasts everywhere, but had unreleased scenes from the My Name is Prince video. And he had a relationship with play, the Playboy channel because the Playboy channel is who world premiered the Peach video, not MTV. He gave it to the Playboy channel. They had a, really? a show, and I didn't have Playboy TV at the time. <laughs> it wasn't rolling like that. That um, wasn't my bag as well. Uh, but, yeah, they had a show called Playboy Hard Rocks. It was a half-hour show. And um, they would play Prince stuff and other stuff around that. So, yeah, the Peach video premiered on Playboy Hard Rocks, not MTV. Mm. And then you got it on the hits package. But and uh, Playboy Channel, Playboy TV was playing it before anyone else. So he had a little bit of a relationship with them. And I'm sure just like the video for Daddy Pop, the live version that was played on BET, I'm sure that he gave different companies different things. And we'd kind of have to track it down. It may not just be stuff that's in the vault because we know that's how Prince was is he would take that copy and then send it to the person. Unless someone was making a backup copy, there was no backup copy. But that's what I want because I love all the eras. Give me everything. Give me that A Million Days video that's out there but isn't really out there. You know what I mean? All that stuff. All right, Chris, in closing, any other thing that we forgot we're one more week closer to the NFL football season, so I'm happy about that. And one more, one more week closer to the NFL or the NBA draft. Now we know the Lakers got number two. Let's see yeah. if they can land Lonzo Ball. Do they really want to do that, though? Again, what a circus! The dad. It's going to be crazy. Paul George will be a Laker eventually. Maybe Russell Westbrook, but I don't know, man. We need someone that's going to other players want to play with. That's what you got to start thinking of. Other people that want to come to L.A. and play. Do they want to play with ball or do they want to listen to his dad talk? That's something that we're going to have to be thinking about. This is a humongous decision. As talented as this guy is, uh, we learned just ask LeBron because he didn't win his first championship till he had to go to Miami because he couldn't do it himself. And LeBron was not a player that at that time players wanted to go to Cleveland to play for. He had to go to Miami, as he famously said, take his talents to South Beach. You know, uh, basketball is a sport. It's a team sport. You need that bench. You need that that depth. You're gonna need players that want to play. You know, and I'm not sure that Lonzo Ball would want to play with a Swaggy P. That's the second worst nickname since behind Smush Parker. So there you go. That's all I can say about that. All right, bud. Well, as usual, it was great uh, having this with you. Thank you guys so much for listening to us. We kind of covered a bunch of different things to keep your interest and show stuff. Um, We'll be branching out, trying to do more shows. 
especially with the Prince World and Prince News. There's other people that we're talking with that we're going to have on. I don't want to mention names right now and get everything, but we're always working on it to bring you the guys the best show and then shows as we try to take this to a bigger level. And we can't do that without your guys' support. So thank you guys so much for listening, for subscribing, for donating through, through PayPal or whatnot. We appreciate your support. Anything in closing, Chris? Hey, peace and be wild. That's it. Keep it funky, y'all. Much love. Till next time.